listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to another week of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Garage Guy Chase, and we are talking all things NASCAR. The Daytona 500 is right around the corner. It is here tomorrow. That's right. You're listening to this. It is Saturday. We are kicking things off with a very special guest for the Daytona 500. Um, I went to, to look around the interweb trying to find somebody that actually knows their shit really well, and I've got somebody for us here tonight. Uh, very honored to have him on the show. This is the two. 2018 FSWA Fantasy Racing Writer of the Year, Fantasy Alarms, Matt Sells. Matt, thanks so much for being on the show, man. How you doing tonight? I am good. It's, you know, a little snowy here in Lincoln, Nebraska, but other than that, thinking about Daytona Beach is warming me right up. <laughs> I hear that, man. Yeah, it's been it's been a hot minute since I've been to Daytona. I actually got to go tour the track and everything like that. And my, my dad, growing up, he's a big NASCAR fan. Talked about it a little bit last, last week's show. He kind of raised me up in that environment. We used to go to, we had to stop at Daytona every time we went to Disney World just so that we could go check out everything. So it's, uh, it's definitely way better weather right now in Daytona than, like you said, in Nebraska. But uh, you get, definitely got to stay warm out there and uh, and try to try to stay away from. It. I saw some crazy stuff as far as the weather's been happening up there. So I really feel for you. I'm uh, me being down here in Louisiana. I'm, I I can't really complain, but the weather's very very sporadic down here as well. So you never know what you're going to get. But, well, that's true. Oh yeah, for sure. But man, yeah. So you uh you you're with Fantasy Alarm. You won FSWA's 2018 uh, Fantasy Racing Rider of the Year last year. That's a huge uh, huge honor right there, man. Yeah, thanks. It came as a as a pretty big shock to me, actually, to even be named a finalist. And then when I won, you know, I was up against a couple of guys that I think have combined to win ten of the last ten. So uh, it was kind of a shock to me. But apparently, somebody likes my work out there. There you go. That's awesome, man. Well, as, as everybody knows that's listening out here, and as you know as well, um, fantasy football season's over. You know, with Garage Guys Fantasy Sports, uh, we're very predominantly big with football. Everyone knows us for football. But our podcast is Garage Guys Fantasy Sports, so we have to endeavor into other sports at some time. And I've, uh, as me kind of being grown up around NASCAR and everything, I never really took the time to, uh, to look into the fantasy side of it as well as you playing it as a game to you know for dfs to win cash or even in tournament leagues so there's all kinds of different things and i felt like i've got to pay homage to it and i want to bring some other people along for the ride and uh i actually got to check out i'm sure you've been watching everything this week as far as media day uh the gand rv yeah. duels you got to catch those the other night yeah yes i did and i watched the clash and i watched all the practices today and uh didn't see the truck series race tonight, which is, by the way, still going on as we're recording this on Friday night. That's right. Um, uh, because I, you know, took my daughter to a daddy daughter dance. There you go. So, 
didn't see the Gander Truck Series race, um, but I plan on watching Xfinity tomorrow, as in Saturday, um, and then obviously the Daytona 500 on Sunday. You're going to be tossing some back on Sunday? Uh, probably. Probably. You got to, man. I gave up alcohol for 2019, so I'll probably be messing around with some other stuff. But, but yeah, we'll definitely definitely be watching it myself, too. And um, I got to check out the duels the other night. I uh, didn't get to see the clash. I caught up some recaps, and I'm going to be catching the recaps of the Truck Series race. Um, but the, the big thing that happened, I think it was in Duel 1 with Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Busch. Uh, Jimmy Johnson kind of made Kyle sp- spin out a little bit, so he spun his car. And so that automatically gets me hyped up for, like, that old-school, like, drama with two drivers like going at it so like you think think we're gonna see any action on sunday between those guys uh probably kyle bush is not one to let a grudge go uh we've seen that yes plenty of times before in the last uh three four years you know he and brad kislowski have an ongoing rivalry that stemmed from i don't know about a decade ago uh so yeah i fully expect that if kyle bush is anywhere close to jimmy johnson during the race that something will happen. That's old school NASCAR right there, baby. That's exciting. I know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like, like to say. Batter back. What was it? A batter back at baseball. Yes, exactly. And I know Kyle Busch, like you said, he he holds grudges really well. He's kind of like the Kim Kardashian of NASCAR. He uh, he whines a lot. So yeah, I'm not. A, so I'm glad to hear that you're not a Kyle Busch fan. By the way, who, who's your who's your favorite driver out there, or do you have any? It's hard for me to. Say I have a favorite driver because then I feel like it. People think I'm biased in my write-ups, but I will actually tell you that I uh, currently I'm really rooting for Chase Elliott. Ooh, um, there we go. I like the way he handles himself on the track. I like the way he's grown up. This you know the you know the last couple of years ever since the Denny Hamlin incident at Martinsville. Right, I remember um, that. That being said, though, I am not playing him this week. In fantasy, gotcha. Um, we'll sneak it's peek. It's a bad play. Gotcha. Yeah, I know Chase Elliott's kind of the guy. Bill's kid. He uh, just kind of growing up. Like I said, watching some of these old racers, and then when you see like the younger generations, you know their kids coming into NASCAR. It's always exciting. A lot of people want to jump on that, and especially with Jeff Gordon leaving, he was the twenty-four car last year. Now he's the number nine, like his dad, William Byron, took right. over the twenty-four. Which is another young driver that's you know started out in uh, virtual racing, I believe, which was pretty pretty epic honestly i mean that's we're in the 21st century now for certain if you got drivers coming in off of a pc yeah he did he started in the um i think it's iRacing. yeah iRacing.com. and uh he got going there and then he got himself full rides and pretty upper level series and then just took off like a boy wonder yeah i know so it's iRacing is definitely I mean, going to be the, the future kid was a sophomore in college and still driving full-time in the cup series right yeah he was with liberty university they sponsored him too right Mm-hmm. Yep. This is insanity. So, like, now we have, like, a whole new way for people to really get engaged. And I'm definitely going to bring that up, too. But uh, I know Hendrick's got a great team. They got some good stuff going. And I know that a lot of these other drivers out there, especially with the Fords, the new Mustangs coming in this year, there's so much to be hyped up about for the, the 2019 NASCAR season. So, I guess, like, coming in, you know, from coming off of fantasy football, getting out, you know, a lot of people go into baseball or whatever, but if someone's wanting to dive in to uh, to NASCAR itself, I mean, just like a little bit of background for you, I mean, I know a lot of people are attached to these sports that they play fantasy with. They have some type of liking of the sport before they did fantasy. So for you, I mean, have you always been a NASCAR fan? 
Um, I've followed it in and out for a while, and then uh, I will tell you who turned me on to NASCAR was my now wife. Um, when we started dating, her family had pretty serious connections to Richmond International Raceway. Oh, nice. Um, and so, you know, I'd go over to their house, and if it was a Sunday, the race would be on, and I would be watching it. And then what really turned me on to NASCAR was the 24-7 series on HBO. Yeah. Several years ago, did a Road to Daytona, where they followed Jimmy Johnson's team for like the four weeks leading up to the Daytona 500. Really? And it was just really impressive to watch just how athletic these pit guys are and what all goes into it. And it's not just a bunch of guys driving and, you know, making left turns all day. There's, they talked about the, the drafting patterns of the cars and, and all of the engineering that really goes into the sport. And that really got me into it. And then I discovered, uh, DFS NASCAR and figured I'd give that a shot because I follow the sport. And now we're here today. That's right. All bets are off when the money when the money's involved too, for sure. Exactly. We used to we used to before the DFS days, like we would go like me being from the south. The only race that we ever really went to every year was Talladega. So we always had like a board. Yeah. So I had like I was like eight years old. I had the jorts, the cutoff jorts, the jagged you know the jagged bottoms, wearing the tank top Mm -hmm. mural shirts. You know, I was like all in, one hundred percent. I still dress that way when I go. Very nice visual picture here. Oh yes, (laughs) yeah. you see me you already know i mean you know I'm, I'm i'm crazy as it is as far as my style goes but um but yeah like i uh you know i, I still do that to this day i still really enjoy going to dega and um but yeah we used to you know bet the boards and now that uh you know in louisiana we just passed fantasy uh dfs so fantasy sports daily fantasy sports is now legal in louisiana so super excited about that they're still working a couple of kinks out so we're going to be you know on the ball rolling probably in the next couple of months so it's uh it's good to see but for everybody else out there, you know, they have this amazing way to play this and, you know, kind of looking at the salaries and the things like that. I mean, it can be a little bit intimidating because everybody knows playing, you know, baseball, football, we kind of know how that scoring is set. So, I mean, giving a little bit of your knowledge that you've had, that you've accumulated and, you know, kind of put to perfection out there, um, just kind of giving a little bit of NASCAR DFS 101 to some of the listeners. Um, what can they expect when they're playing and, and what do they need to look out for when they're building lineups and, and you know, watching and, and determining how the points are, are done. Yeah, so first thing I will say is it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, we have at Fantasy Alarm our basketball guys who have been uh, crushing it this season in DFS played uh, with the Clash last weekend. Gotcha. And everything was going fine until 15 laps from the end of the race and the Crash took out three quarters of the field. <laughs> and then they all messaged me, and they were like, "Okay, I'm done with NASCAR. I'm not doing the, this. I don't have the heart for it." <laughs> so the basic the, the the basic ideas behind it are: on DraftKings, you're going to build a roster with six drivers and keep it under fifty thousand dollars. On FanDuel, it's five drivers and keep it under fifty thousand dollars. So you have a little bit more room to work with per driver on FanDuel than DraftKings for scoring. You're going to get points in uh, basically four ways. It's where they finish the race. So if you win or you know finish 40th, there's various points assigned to those positions. 
It's position differential, which is, let's say you start 10th and you wind up winning the race, then your position differential is nine because it's you finish nine spots ahead of where you started. But you can also lose points for that because if you finish behind where you started, you can lose points. Uh, on DraftKings, you get points for laps led and then points for fastest laps, which is basically anywhere on the track, any position you are, you can rack up the fastest lap. As long as you run the fastest lap for that particular lap of the race, you get credit for it. On FanDuel, you have finished position, position differential, laps led, and then you get credit for laps completed, which is basically as your guy completes a lap, you get a tenth of a point. Gotcha. So the longer your guy stays on the track, the more points you get just from that. So those are the basic ways you get points in in both uh, on both sites, and so there's some things that come into play with that. You know, obviously you want the guys that generally don't crash, although that's kind of unpredictable. But very you know, unpredictable. You can, <laughs> you can whittle it out some. Um, you want guys that have histories of finishing highly at that particular race. Uh, or that particular track, although I tend to focus on the race because there are some drivers that do far better in one race at a track than they do at a second race at a track, or vice versa. Uh, perfect example is Kyle Busch. Yeah. I love bringing this stat <laughs> up because it's just, it's just ridiculous. Kyle Busch, in the last five spring Dover races, uh-huh. hasn't finished better than 31st. Wow. But in the last five fall Dover races, he's got like three wins in five top fives. That's insane. And speaking of the number 30, 31st, that's where he's actually starting in Daytona this week, too. Yes. Because, yes, because of the situation. Starting, right, because he spun out, and luckily for him, he didn't actually hit anything because then he would have to go to a backup car. So he actually saved his his car. So there are some other things that change your strategy from week to week, uh, track type plays a role, whether it's restrictor plate like this weekend or a mile and a half like next weekend in Atlanta or a couple of road courses that we have throughout the season or short tracks. There's different strategies involved in each of those um, to focus on different things. But that's that's the general basics. Kind of the general basics. And I know you're talking about the road courses too. One track that like scares the shit out of me is Watkins Glen. Um, just because of, of how insane like I, I play NASCAR Heat too and and I I'm not a very good player of, of, of NASCAR Heat too. I'm kind of the guy that like, you know, puts it on rookie mode and crashes through people to try to get first. Um so, yeah, I actually have NASCAR Heat three. It's really, really funny to put out in dirt tracks. So they released it? Yeah. When did it come out? Uh, came out like the fall of last year. Oh my god, I'm way behind. Okay. And you start out in the Extreme Dirt Tour, which is awesome and really, really hard to control the cars. Oh wow! So it's so it's got some some cool, a lot better. Uh, the sensitivity is a lot higher now, right? Yeah, and then you get you know, then you work your way up into Truck and then Xfinity and then cup series but it's pretty cool because they also put like they turn bristol into a dirt track no way like literally the the coliseum not like it's not like a dirt track outside the track it's they just cover the they cover the asphalt with the dirt yeah 
Yeah. That's crazy. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna have to go pick up a copy of this now. You play Xbox or you own PlayStation? I play PS4. You play PS4? Dang. I'm I'm still on the box, man. <laughs> but it's I play all good. PS4 for one reason because MLB the show is on PS4. Exactly. I feel you on that. I got a buddy of mine that has the PS4. I just go to his house when 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 uh the show comes out every year. So we just that's kind of like the ritual. So I keep the Xbox, but eventually I keep telling myself I'm going to get the PS4. So the more people I talk to that are in the fantasy industry that come on the show and talk with us are all on PS4, so eventually I'm going to crack down and buy one. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so, so we kind of know how everything's scored, and I mean, it doesn't really seem that much different. I mean, it's just it's just a different sport. There's always going to be different ways to do it. There's nothing really intimidating about it at all. It's just kind of, uh, I think the big thing for a lot of people is just having the patience to sit and watch a race because it's interesting though because I've talked to several people this week who are like, well, I'm going to give NASCAR a try, and you know, we'll see how it goes but i'm pretty excited for this race and one guy said he hasn't watched a race since he was like five and now he's 35 and now he's going to watch a race again and so if you put it's like any other sport if you put money on the line or you know a a lineup out there you're more likely to watch it because now you've got some people to follow if you just sit there and you go i have no idea what's going on then right it, it becomes and I, and I read a, an interesting statistic too. It was talking about because because I wanted to kind of I, I I tried to dig a little bit deeper into like you know who's playing fantasy NASCAR. I think there's like 52 million people in total that play fantasy sports in the United States. And so I tried to like try to simplify that down to, to find a uh, to find the number of people that are playing fantasy NASCAR. I really couldn't find that. But I you just tend to feel like there's not a whole lot of people that are doing it. But like anything else, fantasy sports we all know that it's bringing more and more people outside of the sports world into the sports world now. That's like the sole cause of why people are coming to it. So there's like no doubt about it that you know in the next five you know maybe even three to five years. You know, a lot of a lot of the millennial f- uh, fantasy sports players that are you know just kind of getting into it and everything, we could see NASCAR really pop again like it did in the '90s, but just kind of with a, a different tool that people will have that set aside. And I mean, when you get more into the whole you know picking the favorite driver, because that's all we had. Like me, me as like a '90s kid growing up watching NASCAR, you just had your favorite driver, you made fun of the other ones, and that narrative still exists today. But with fantasy sports, it just brings an entirely new element. And one question that I did want to ask, the the big change that happened a couple years ago with NASCAR were, were the stages. Do you think that that had a negative impact or a positive impact on NASCAR itself? I think it actually had a positive impact. Okay. Um, because, to me, even though, yes, I write about the sport and I follow it, you know, really intensely and, you know, I've got lineups every week. It was really hard to pay attention to middle of the races because you know nothing's going to come of it. Right. Whatever happens in lap 100 doesn't have any bearing on what happens in lap 300. But now with stages, not only do the drivers have something to fight for mid-race and get rewarded for having a good, uh, you know, let's say they're really good for two-thirds of the race, but they don't win. Before the stages, they got nothing. They don't get rewarded for that. Right now, they get stage points. They get, you know, it can help them in the season standings. But as a fan perspective, it gives natural breaks to the races. So let's say you have, uh, like the race this this weekend, Daytona 500, is a 160 lap race. 
Right. They've got three stages in a 160-lap race. So you've got, you know, the first, I think the first two stages are 50 laps, and then the last stage is 60 laps. So now it becomes, okay, I can watch 50 laps at a time. And then a commercial break happens, and then you go, okay, now I can watch another 50 laps. And that's a great thing for an attention span, too, especially for a lot of us now. I mean, like it's a lot to consume. And so now I feel like races have actually gone by faster since the stages were put in. Um, And this is from a guy who loves watching. You know, even though uh, it'll go, I'm a massive baseball fan, and the races, you know, for those that don't know, the Daytona 500 starts the season this weekend. And the last race of the season is the Ford Eco Boost 400, which is the championship race Miami. at in Miami. And that happens the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Right. So, I mean, that goes into so football got, season. Yeah. Right. You've got 36 races in 39 weeks. It's well, intense. technically 40 weeks because you have a you have an all-star race in there in three off weekends. So, 40 weeks. So, so you're talking about it covers the entirety of baseball season. Right. And it covers three quarters of football season and on a Sunday I'll watch NASCAR over baseball or football right and you well I mean I mean you have to you have to to win those awards man (laughs) right if it's helping me feel like the races go by faster then just imagine what it does for the you know more casual fan among us Right. So, so for people that are playing fantasy, you know, for, for the first time this year, do the uh, do how people finish in the stages impact their DFS points or their fantasy points as well? Uh, they can in certain contests. So on DraftKings and FanDuel, they don't count stage points, and those are the two major DFS sites. So those are those garner a lot of the focus. But there is a contest for free every week on NASCAR.com called NASCAR Fantasy Live. Right. And you do a similar type thing. It's not a salary-capped contest. Um, So you just pick whatever drivers you want. The caveat is you can only pick uh, a certain driver a certain number of times throughout the season. I think it's like 10. So you can't play Kyle Busch every week. You can only play him 10 times. And then throughout the race you actually have a reserve driver sitting in your garage. And if you want to swap that driver in for anybody in your lineup, you just have to do it before the end of stage two. So let's say you play Chase Elliott this weekend, but Chase winds up crashing out. So you don't want to take a hit for your points because he crashed out. He's not going to get you any points now. You can swap your reserve driver in for Chase Elliott and hope that they don't actually crash because then you're out of luck. But So that one takes stages into account. Um, there's a couple other ones on minor sites that give you points for um, how your driver finishes in the stage. They're not the main DFS. So what... Like DraftKings or Fandle. So what about tournament leagues for NASCAR? I, I haven't really heard of a lot of people that are playing in tournament leagues. I know it's mostly DFS. I mean, do, do you yourself play in a tournament league, or do you know of anybody that does? I actually uh, started playing in a more season-long salary-capped league this year. Um, if you're interested, it's on a site called FantasyRacingOnline.net. Um, .net. Serious stuff. .net. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's called the Salary Cap Challenge. 
and it's a more season-long format. So this one is not free. You have to pay for it, but it's only 30 bucks for the full season, so it's not like it's a huge outlay of cash. That's not bad. Um, and the idea is you pick eight drivers for your roster that has to stay under a salary cap of $1,500. Obviously, they've come up with their own uh, valuations of these guys. Um, and seven of them are regular drivers, and your ace one count as your all-star who gives you double the points but he also costs twice as much as he ordinarily would got you okay so like for example kevin harvick is the most expensive driver in that contest he's 200 dollars normally Freaky if fast. you pick him to be your all-star he costs you 400 but he gets you double points and the trick is you're not changing lineups every week that's once you set it before the daytona 500 you only get three lineup changes for the whole season, and they have to be made in the first half of the year. Got you. So it's more of a, and then all of your money goes into a pool, and the first place, there's weekly winners, and then at the end of the season, if you win first, I think last year this thing paid out like $1,000 to the winner, and all the way down to 25th gets paid. So it's kind of a fun thing to take a different spin on uh, just the week-to-week DFS. The week-to-week thing. And I, th- I think that's the cool thing about NASCAR, too, man, is so many people that are playing fantasy football, when they move into basketball or baseball, you know, they, they go from setting their lineup, making sure everything's good for three days a week. That's, you know, a Thursday, a Sunday, and a Monday. With NASCAR, you just make sure your lineup is set for that one day of the week, whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday. With you know, because baseball and basketball are like an everyday thing, and I feel like for a lot of fantasy football players out there, this would probably be like the next best thing that they're a little bit more used to as far as like management when it comes to their lineups. So I think that it would be a, a pretty cool thing. If you, if you, you would you agree on that? Uh, yeah, actually, I have um, over at Fantasy Online. There's a bunch of people that are avid fantasy football players who don't know what to do with themselves between now and August. And so I've suggested, hey, come give NASCAR a try. You really only got to pay attention to it once a week. There's no, like, roster moves or waiver claims during the week, so it's really only dialing in the weekend like you do for football. And a bunch of them are returning this year after trying it last year. So it... it That's uh, what I'm saying. Everybody should be doing this shit. Like, it's like it's like perfect for fantasy football players. So... It's uh, it, it's an incredible, it's incredible sport. It's definitely something that every fantasy football player should be doing. Um, so now that we've kind of got the gist of that, and I hope everybody's still following on that, we've got the gist of everything as far as the points are going. Uh, now it's on to to the big money time. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about this Sunday, the Daytona 500. What's your outlook on this, Matt? Um, who are some drivers that you're looking at this week, and um, and how do you think this thing's going to turn out? So typically. There is always a huge wreck in this race. Yes. Just, <laughs> More than one, maybe. Just, last year, for example, only 20 cars finished the race out of the 40 that started. So, Insanity. You know, you've got you've to gotta expect to see that. It's, it's unlike any other track because of the way that they race on it. Um, but a couple of guys that I really like this week are um, probably my top play is going to wind up being Joey Logano. Ugh. Because... He's not only does he have the confidence from winning the championship last year, uh, he also won his duel on Thursday night 
which makes him start fourth uh, in the field. But he's driving for Team Penske, and Penske just dominates restrictor plate races. They just right. do. He and his teammate Brad Keselowski have won eight of the last 20 restrictor plate races, which is, that's a, you know, 40% is... That's a big really number right there. Percentage. And I hate to see Brad K didn't didn't hit as, as well as, as I thought he would have last year. Like, Logano just kind of picked up the slack out of nowhere from him. So, with the new cars yeah, coming up... Yeah, he had the speed in the 12, the, the, or the two just couldn't find the speed that Logano had. It was, I, I don't know what happened. Do you think but it's because they removed Miller Lite from the car? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I mean, Penske claims the cars were the same, but I don't know how you could look at the speed of those two cars and tell me they're the same. Exactly, um, yeah. Logano, Logano was so just killing Logano it. Is a, Logano is a pretty big player of mine. On the other end of the spectrum uh, is his teammate Brad Kislowski, who's actually starting like 35th. Uh, right, he's down there, man. He had a he had a penalty during the duel uh, for essentially servicing the car out of the pit stop, though it's debatable, but NASCAR dinged him for it, so that cost him a lap. Um, so he's going to start like 35th. And in general, in this race, it's better to stock up on guys that are starting in the back of the pack than the front of the pack. Right. I was going to say because that, too. The people like 20 and and, and, uh, and up from there, is that typically like the, the standard yeah, generally speaking, because the idea is that they're going to be far enough back to avoid being involved in the big crash, and then when all of those cars get taken off the track, all of a sudden they've gained a bunch of positions. Very quickly, and, and that's so, where the point stacks super crazy. I've, I've seen, exactly. you see somebody going from like, what, like 20 to like, like up, up upwards of, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um and there's just not that many laps in this race, so focusing on guys that will get you a lot of laps led just doesn't happen. Um, usually there's a lot of lead changes at the Daytona 500, so nobody's leading more than a handful of laps at a time, generally speaking. Although Talladega, last year everybody thought that was going to be the case, and then four Stewart Haas cars just drove away from the field uh, literally all day long. So typically speaking, you want one guy that starts between the you know first and tenth in your lineup. You want one guy that's starting about tenth to fifteenth, and then you want the rest of them to be guys that are all starting in the back of the pack. Like, and that's usually the best strategy at these at these races. Yeah, I know. I know a couple of these guys that are going to be like way in the back. We got like Casey Mears is at forty. Um, He's one to look at, and like I said, I still can't believe Brad Kay is all the way at 35, but, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and, and, you know, ordinarily I would tell you to leave a whole lot of salary on the table in these races, but the yeah, problem I've heard is that you've too. got Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski back there, which is going to eat more salary. Well, the reason why you leave that much is because usually the guys that are in the back of the pack are the guys that cost you the least. Right. So, like, for example, last year at the Daytona 500, I saw in one contest somebody literally stacked their roster with everybody that started thirty fifth through fortieth, and I think he had twenty two thousand dollars left. Wow, unspent. Which is usually usually you never want to leave anywhere close to that much on the table in any DFS contest. Oh, I've heard of people like, only using like twenty k and like just crushing. <laughs> like it's insane. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, but this is a strategy that really only works this week and then Talladega. But we'll have to see because they don't have restrictor plates at Talladega anymore. Right. I'm so excited. Like, uh, yes, I will definitely, I will be around there in October. I'm going to try to get me some pit passes. How many races do you go to a year? Do you go to much? Um, It's kind of hard being in Nebraska to get to many. I mean, Kansas is only a couple-hour drive from me, so I can get to that one. I've been to Texas uh, each of, I think, the last two years, the fall Texas race, which falls on my birthday weekend. Um, So, you know, but I plan on going to some more and i'm trying to work uh basically i'm trying to work a media pass uh from nascar because if i have one of those and i can go to any race i want to for free and get in and go anywhere i want well hook me Um, up with you and throw me in the suitcase man we'll have a ball i'll bring my i'll bring my daisy dukes and my and my mural t-shirts and we'll have fun well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, quick quick thing before we do go, man. So there, there's this one kid that's racing this year. Th- this paint scheme is like the most amazing paint scheme I've seen in my entire life. It almost makes you want to root for this guy. What do you think about Corey LaJoy's car with his face on it? Oh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Dude. I mean, that's some, that's some serious stash love they've got going on the bumper of that car. Yes. It's just it's just amazing. And the and grill is like his mouth. It's like in a rear view mirror. Yeah, that's intimidating as shit. Like, could you imagine? Like, drive, I'd get out. I get the fuck out of the way like as soon as possible. I, I would have to move. Dude looks like a lumberjack on the front of his car. Yes, it's amazing. Um, there was one one of the guys that that I that I, I follow on Twitter. Um, had actually hit me up on Instagram. And I ended up following, and I can't think of his name. I think it's one of his teammates. I'm not 100 percent sure. And I don't have his name in front of me right now, which which is eating me up. But um, I think he drives the number. He drives the number 99 car. I know that much. I don't know. You might know his name. Um, but he was he had tweet he had uh, tweeted a photo of Corey LaJoy's car and he had tattooed always tired like paying homage to like Post Malone like underneath his eyes and he had tagged yeah. him so I thought it was pretty amazing but I would love to see I more crazy schemes. I think a petition started to make that his permanent paint job for the rest of the year. Oh no, dude! It like, needs to be it needs to be beyond that. I, I think that there should be more faces every race. There should be like yeah, new people. Yeah, actually know what the dude in the car looks like. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. It reminds me of a real That's life version. It would come in really handy for Daniel Hemrick and Austin Dillon this year because the RCR cars, Richard Childress Racing, right? Who are number three and number eight? It's their golden anniversary because they started in uh, nineteen sixty nine. Uh huh. And so the cars are going to be gold all year and then they're just going to have their sponsor on the hood right but because they're three and eight it's almost impossible to tell the number difference when they're like on the back stretch oh i, I see i've noticed that i noticed that the other day actually and i'm so just glad to see the eight and the three back Dylan's face on the front of his car and they should put daniel hemrick's face on the front of his car that way the spotters know <laughs> I could just, I could see. I, I have a feeling that that Austin Dillon would want some kind of like Game of Thrones stuff on his car with his face. Probably because he's like a huge Got fan. And then, yeah, and then, probably. yeah. So Hemrick, I'm not really sure what Hemrick looks like, but I did see the number eight car uh, sponsored by Bass Pro. Uh, it's good to see that Bass Pro on that number eight man. Just Richard Childress having those iconic, legendary Earnhardt numbers like back on the track, yeah. man. It's just everything. Um, yeah, it's pretty sweet to have both of those. And my wife's favorite driver of all time is Dale Earnhardt Jr. So oh, of course. Well, I mean, that's his, 
that's an easy one. Everybody, everybody resorts to Junior for some reason. I remember, yeah, like, I know. My, well, it he's a legend. He's kind of a legend. Yeah, it also doesn't hurt that he roots for her favorite football team, which is the Redskins. Oh, you got so, that? Yeah, that's in the back. Um, <laughs> so, so there's really no getting you know. out of that one. See, I've, I've tried to embark on my own journey because, like, Dad, my, my father, he was a huge Jeff Gordon fan in the 90s. And for some reason, I instantly took to the number three Dale Earnhardt car just because, like, I, it, for some reason, I was, like, obsessed with Chevrolet stuff when I was a kid. So I would say, like, the GM and stuff like that, the Goodrich and right. stuff. And I was like, oh, I like that guy. And he's like, he's like, you have to like this car. And my, my dad was just expecting well, me to well, like the rainbow flashy well, color car. Fans don't get along. No, not at all. So I instantly did that. I've like constantly rivaled my father. So as soon as it, and, and I hate hate it the way it happened, but it just you know as soon as Dale Earnhardt did pass away at that Daytona, it wasn't for about maybe a year or two later. My dad started like rocking like Dale Earnhardt Junior stuff, and you know I, of course I moved straight into it as well. So you have to you know you got to give him that credit. And the, we went to the Talladega race, the last race before he had retired, man. And I really thought he was going to have a close shot at winning that race. I think Rusty. Oh. Wallace oh, won that race. So close. It was. I'm telling you, man. So it was. It was almost like fate. Because I mean, like, of course, like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I was, you know, I was trying to rock new school stuff too. And like, you know, I had, I had like an '88 hat on, but I had like the number 24 Chase Elliott mural shirt. So I was rocking like right. both of those. And uh, but man, like, I just and, and like with Garage Guys, what we do, everybody that listens to the show, and, and now you're a part of it too. We slam Brad K's. So we, we were drinking Miller Light for a long time. So we just we started calling Miller Lights Brad K's. So there you go. we. We, we had to slam the Brad K whenever uh, he did win the Talladega, uh, the race that year. So it was the October race, I believe. But, yeah, it would have been amazing to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. win that one. But he's winning over at uh, an NBC right now. So that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, and he's one heck of an Xfinity owner, too. For those yeah, who Junior Motorsports. Don't know he owns Junior Motorsports, which is essentially uh, it's the powerhouse right now. Hendrick Motorsports, and I think he had... Two years ago, I think he had all four championship cars. Yeah, William Byron raced for him, didn't he? Uh, yes. It was Byron. And I think Chase Elliott fills in. Um, yeah, Chase Elliott fills in uh, every so often. Um, and in fact, in case you're wondering if you can make it to Darlington, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to be racing the Xfinity race at Darlington uh, this Uh-oh. year. Okay, so yes, definitely have to check that out. I know the next race on my bucket list has to be Bristol. Haven't been to Bristol. I want to experience yeah. that night race. I was supposed to go last August, and then some scheduling stuff popped up, and I couldn't go. But I really, I, I really want to go to. Um, oh, and by the way, if you get the the version of NASCAR Heat Three, there's a there's a ticket voucher in there for fifty dollars off a ticket to any of. Um, there are two companies that own basically every NASCAR track, and one of them is giving vouchers in NASCAR Heat 3 for $50 off a ticket to any of the races in, like, 2019. And that company owns Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh-oh. So you can put so in the voucher yeah. and get 50 bucks off. 
That's awesome. I think the only like two games that have ever done that was like like Roy McIlroy's PGA Tour. You had like eighty dollar voucher to like any golf course that was with some site. So hearing that NASCAR is doing that now with their video games is pretty sick. So I'm definitely going to get my copy. Everybody else is listening should get their copy of that too. I don't know, but all I know is this much, Matt. We we we're definitely going to have to link up at a track sometime soon, and uh, we're going to have to we're going to have to put lay some work down, man, for sure. Go get around, do some interviews. I don't care. We we like to get into shenanigans over in these parts, so we we'll have to introduce you to the garage sure. guy. We can make it work in Texas. Yeah, tech, dude, I see. I've never been to Texas either. That'd be gonna be completely Texas dope, man. Texas is a fun. Texas is a fun mile and a half track, actually. I, all I know is when I race it on on NASCAR Heat Two, I ended up I ended up throwing my controller at the fucking wall because I can't I can't deal. <laughs> like I just can't I can't master it. I don't know. I got to get a PS4. I got to get online, and we got to start racing so I can get this stuff figured out. If I'm if I'm going to be a NASCAR racer by the time I'm 80 years old and make that my retirement plan, I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you being on the show with us. This has been the Daytona 500 special, the Na- intro to fantasy sports 101 uh, for NASCAR. Um, and Matt, before we let you go, where can all the listeners follow you and keep up with all of your work at Fantasy Alarm? Uh, so I'm at fantasyalarm.com, which is all one word, fantasyalarm.com. And, you know, there'll be. Usually I have an article that comes out Monday that recaps the previous weekend's race, and then there's a track breakdown on Thursday, practice reports Friday and Saturday, and a full driver write-up on uh, Saturday before the race gets going either Saturday night or Sunday. And then on the, the Twitter machine, I can be followed at the salesman, which is T-H-E-S-E-L-Z-M-A-N over on Twitter. Sweet. So I'm going to make sure that everybody in the Garage fam gets on to Twitter right now. Get over to Fantasy Alarm. Read this guy's articles. He didn't win awards for nothing, guys. This guy will help you win throughout the season. And you know that we're definitely going to be looking to have you back on throughout this NASCAR season as well, Matt. But I just want to thank you again so much for being a part of the show, man. Sure, it was fun. Awesome, man. So we'll definitely have you back. Guys, it's been a good one. Enjoy the Daytona 500. We'll be back at you next week. The Fantasy Football Stoner will be back with us as well. We'll be getting to catch up a little bit of uh, NFL news and some other good stuff. And, of course, we're going to have to talk a little NASCAR each week now. So until next time, guys, sports, party, repeat.